0: Thank you, Chrissy, so much for coming at Courtside Moms. I'm so happy that you're here today to talk about your son, Jackson, as well as your family. I want to hear all about it.
1: Well, great, because I love talking about them.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? We always have platforms or we look for platforms to talk about our children, right? So So let's talk about Jackson's childhood, growing up in an athletic family and playing sports such as football like dad and then basketball like mom.
1: Well, I've been watching your um, podcast here for a while. So I I saw your interview with your son And I know he also played football first, really, correct? Yes. So very similar to to this, Jackson wanted to be like his dad and play football, didn't want to be like his mom and do basketball. So he kind of focused on that. Um, His story is so different than the common story. He's kind of the Cinderella story because he, 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 it it was crazy. He didn't play AAU until after his junior year of high school. And you know, he played one year. In fact, one of the teammates from his high school team and his AAU team, the mom came up to me and she looked at me and grunted, because we were on a charter bus for an AAU team, right? And so she's like, You don't deserve, you don't deserve to be sitting on this charter bus. So I'm like, what? And she goes, Girl, you haven't you haven't been in the Roach Motels. You haven't started at the bottom to get to the top. <laughs> And I was like, hey, I just knew how to do it the right way. Yeah. (laughs) That's the best. You know what? You did
0: everything to avoid all the itchy hotels that we had to go through and all the terrible meals and the bus riding all over the city looking for that non-healthy meal. (laughs) I missed it all. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said, I'm not sure that's a bad thing, man, but thank you. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Right. And she knew, she knew, she was teasing me. A good friend of mine. She was teasing me because she'd been her son been in AAU since he was out of diapers. So um, but yeah, so Jackson loved football, um, liked to play basketball, um, but never developed the sk- skills. We didn't have a trainer really form at that point. Um all of that. And, um, he focused on football and I kind of sat back and I'm like, yeah. he was really tall. I took him to his doctor's appointments. I knew that his growth plates were still open, you know? So I just sat back and I'm like, okay, I'll just wait my turn. <laughs> and then he really outgrew football and, um, you know, but to be honest, his, why I say he's the Cinderella story is his freshman year in high school, he barely made the B team. They had two, they had like 20 kids on the team. And I think some kids got cut that were actually better than he was. Um, But they saw something in him. They saw his athleticism. They knew of, of his pedigree for lack of a better term. And so they gave him a chance. And so he, he barely played his freshman year. Didn't um, play a whole lot his sophomore year made varsity his junior year but just kind of filled in a minute or two here and there and I'll never forget sitting in some of these very well-known coaches after they'd offered Jackson and sitting in, in particular one coach I sat in his very nice office and I said Jackson has got to be the first kid you have ever offered that hasn't even started a high school game yet and his chin nearly <laughs> hit the ground because he'd seen him play but it He didn't know Jackson had never played a high school or started a high school game. So his story is a lot different.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And he went through this growth spurt uh, (laughs) from his freshman all the way to his senior year. I mean, I read that he grew almost 11 inches. I mean, like, oh, my God, you have this kid that's six foot to six foot 11. I mean, was that a reason why he decided that he wanted to venture into basketball? and kind of hang up
1: the the football cleats? Yes. So, you know, his basketball experience in the high school was a little more friendly. Like he he got recruited by several schools for football um, and and did very well. Um, But he got to basketball and especially AAU and they just, they're like, you gotta, this is, this is. I mean, all along they were trying to say, you don't need to play football. You don't need to play football. But as you'll hear in the story, I really, my husband and I did not go along with everybody's advice. Um, we kind of, nobody, you know, nobody knows your child better than you. And so great. I'll listen to every advice that's that's presented to me, but I'm going to make what decision is best for my child or what I feel is that that choice. And um, we kind of bucked a lot of systems just trying to do what's right. And that was the first one is nobody wanted multi-sport athletes, except I know the importance of multi-sport athletes. I played five sports in high school, um, one in college. So, you know, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, so we went through a lot of that. His basketball experience was, you know, you outgrow football and, you know, they're not very many successful seven foot basketball or football players. So, yeah. So he ended up not playing his senior year. He did not play football his senior year and focused on basketball because by that time, he was making a commitment to basketball at the college level. So, yeah. right.
0: so you also played basketball. I mean, you went to Drake University and then later became a women's basketball coach at Iowa, Oklahoma, um, Illinois, Carbondale. So did you ever coach him, whether it be on a team or from the sidelines at a game that he was playing?
1: Yes, I, not from the sidelines, because I really other than hustling. I don't comment if I'm not their coach. I do not comment during the game other than positives because I think that's important. Um, I, I've said to, to people, I've, I've spoken to different groups. And one of the things I always say in the sports realm is do your job. Let the officials officiate, let the coaches coach and let the parents cheer. And that's that's what I try to do from the sidelines. But I did coach him. Uh, his first basketball team was in second grade. And so I coached him um, for, with upward basketball, and then um, we played that for a season. And then he played on a school team, and I coached a school team for a couple of years.
0: So what was that like for him to play for mom?
1: Well, as you can probably relate, it, I I would laugh. I'm like, why am he got to a point where he didn't? It's mom. I'm not listening to my mom, as all of my kids seem to do. And I and I look at him. And I'm like, why do I have to pay? For someone to teach you basketball, I mean, I've forgotten more than some of these people know, and not to toot my own horn, but listen to me, but they don't, they don't. And they've had great trainers who actually did know more than me, I'm sure, and did a great job with them. But yeah, I had to be mom.
0: <laughs> it's funny how, irregardless of our experience, no matter what we do, we're always we're always in that role. For them, we're stuck in that mom role. It can never be, oh, my mom's a doctor. I'm going to go to her if I have an injury. My mom's a lawyer. Oh, something happens. I'm going to my mom. My mom's a coach. Let me listen. They're like, no, no, no. Your mom, thanks.
1: (laughs) Right. What? Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've had many conversations with my son about that. And we laugh about it all the time. And then he'll (laughs) hire somebody or talk to somebody. And I would always say to him, Oh, so they said what we spoke about three months ago. Okay. that is, I just <laughs> closed my mouth and he just looks at me yeah. and it's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going
1: to, I'm not going to let it go. I will point that out for sure. <laughs> yeah, I do subliminally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I said, oh, it costed 2000. Like I said, oh, <laughs> so- <laughs> I love it. Listen, I always make sure that they knew that this could have been done three months ago. But we'll do it on your time, but that's okay. We're late, but anywho. So So let's talk about (laughs) when did college basketball offers um, come in and how did you filter through them as a family and make a decision to where you thought was best for him to go?
1: So again, we're, we're kind of in a different boat and, and I will talk about this later too, but fortunately I was a recruited athlete, so I knew the process. I was a college coach. So I recruited, so I knew the process. My husband played, he coached, so he knew the processes. And we were even fortunate when he went pro, my husband's dealt with agents for years so little side note, I'm not trying to plug, but we're getting ready to launch a platform September 1st um, where we're going to do just this. We're gonna, we're gonna help athletes and their families navigate, whether it be high school and AAUs and all of that, whether it's college and NILs and all of that, or whether it's um professional athletes and kind of a concierge service, how do you pick a financial plan or how do you pick a, you know, all of that? So be- and the reason I even bring that up is because we were so fortunate to have that. And we did not take that blessing lightly. We were like, oh, my goodness, how would somebody that is not in our shoes know how to do this? I mean, it's it's gotten even crazier since I was in coaching. So, um, So we were very fortunate. But I will say the number one thing that was important to us is we weren't going to be there for the four years. It was very important for us that he make the decision and we would help him with that and i always told him i said i'll never tell you where to go i may tell you where not to go but i'll never tell you where to go and so you know again luckily for us the and don't get jealous but the whole recruiting thing lasted like 3 months because he was so late to the game so we didn't have like years of talking on the phones and all, oh in fact, because we knew it, we didn't do any, which was grateful for the coaches and for us, but we're like, I, we're not going to do any in-home visits. And they're like, with anybody? I'm like, yeah, no. And they're like, cool. You know? <laughs> we, because we knew there's, you get nothing from, I, I mean, like just little things like that. I, I won't go into that anymore, but we didn't do any in-homes. It was very Cut and dry. And yeah, so we just let him kind of talk it out. And he he's the one that chose Texas. But I, I'll tell you, I knew it was the right choice because he was kind of not an introvert person, but he he was more reserved, didn't talk a lot, just kind of sat back and listened to people. When he was on his visit, oh my dear, you couldn't you couldn't quiet him. I mean, he just lit up like the fourth of July. And I'm like, oh and that's the one I didn't think he would go to because he's never been at a public school. And that he, I'm like, we'll get, we'll do Texas first. Cause I know he's never going to like this. I'm like, I'll be darned it, it, while I'm on the thing. I'm like, he is coming here. Cause he just lit up. You just knew it. So I knew he made the right decision. I'm very proud of how he worked himself through that.
0: No, that it's important. Cause as an athlete, you know what I mean? You, you want them to go somewhere or, choose a place where they're gonna have that comfortability because now they're away from home they're not with their family they're gonna be on their own and I remember saying this to somebody and they said to me the kids are never on their own they have the coaches and they have and they have the staff and they have them like who cares it mm-hmm. that is not the same as having mm-hmm. your family support regardless of your family situation. So when your child goes somewhere, and, or like, you know, they're doing visits. It's, it, you know what I mean? That reaction is everything is everything. It is.
1: It is. And, and the thing that people don't realize yeah, they have their coaches and the coaches are going to do whatever it is for them. But the coach is really like their boss and they're not going to go with personal. I wish they would. And they could, a lot of coaches would love it. Um, but it's not like you can just run to coach and say, "Hey, I, I don't have any money for deodorant," <laughs> you know, or, you know, I've got girlfriend issues because they're they're frightened of that hierarchy. So you're right; it's a it's a hundred percent different teammates and stuff, and it's exciting when they first go to college, but yeah, it wears down, and sometimes it, and for Jack's to I be mean, that far, and I'll tell you what, it was a win win. He loved it there. I didn't cry when we were moving him in and, and it's not because I don't love my child. I certainly do, but I was so happy for him because he's exactly where he needed to be. And, you know, coach smart. Oh, I, I knew that I had done all I could at that point. Did, was I perfect? No, but I knew at that point I had done as much as I could. And knowing the man that coach smart was, I, I felt very comfortable sending him off with, um, I knew he was going to take care of my son and I knew my son respected him enough to learn from him.
0: Yeah. And, and, and as a parent, like you said, when you're driving away, you know what I mean? You want to feel that he'll be fine.
1: Mm-hmm. He'll be
0: fine. He's good. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about his time at university of Texas, which led him to declare for the NBA draft only after his first year to him becoming a lottery pick. I mean, what was that time like for you?
1: I'll tell you what, 2018 to 2019 is a complete blur. <laughs> Everything <laughs> happened so fast. Like, I just shot him a picture the other day. Something had come up on a thing where he wasn't even ranked in the top 100 as a high school athlete, like his by, in front of his senior year. And I'm like, you went from here to a, dr- a lottery pick in like less than months. <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's funny. It all went so fast, but I will say, um, you know, it was a hard decision leaving the comforts of Texas. Cause I loved where he was. He was 18. He was 18 when he declared for the draft. And we had three other kids at home. So, you know, I knew it wasn't gonna be the same where his family could up and leave and go help him. And he's oh, it was very frightening. And you know, my heart as a mother, I didn't want to I, get your education, stay in school, da, da 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 But when you think through the process and what's best for him, it, it made sense. But the ironic part of this whole thing is even as high school coach thought lots of people, not just his high school, lots of people thought he would be redshirted at Texas. And I'm like, he's really kind of been redshirted his whole life, (laughs) you know, because it's an athletic kid. Like he was around people that necessarily couldn't do what his body was capable of. So we had no one to test or show him what to do. So I I kind of thought that once he was around other athletes at that level he would blossom, which is exactly what he did. But Ironically, Coach Horn was his position coach who's now at Northern Kentucky, would call and be like, You you just cannot even believe what he's doing at practice. And I'm like, okay, the recruiting's over. He's already there. You don't have to like still recruit. <laughs> and then, you know, he'd send me a tape, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, and so it all happened oh my gosh, way too quick. I wish I could stop and like pause and slow-mo it so I could have enjoyed every bit of it because it was such a special time seeing him reach his, his goals.
0: So at that point when he decided to declare, um, was there an agent in the picture?
1: Yeah. So at that point, yes, we, we wanted him, there were two things. We wanted him to focus on his college career at that point. He, he had a lot of learning to do, a lot of developing to do. And we didn't want him to have to go through all of this, trying to figure out agents and, and, and he didn't have the knowledge base for it anyway. So luckily my husband had done a lot with agents. And the other key to this was Jonathan knew a lot of NFL agents. So he could talk to these NFL agents who he had rapport with and say, okay, what do you hear about this guy on the basketball side? You know? And so we had an in that was pretty awesome. Um, but we did all the, the betting of all of these. We, we checked all of them out. And I say, we very lightly, because my husband did like, I did all the recruiting part because he was coaching football, but, when it got down to this, Jonathan did all of the vetting of all the agents and he lined it up knowing his son, he lined it up, you know, in, okay, here's, here's, here's who we're going to watch and go for. And the one that we both liked the most, we didn't share that with Jackson, but Jackson ended up picking that agent as well for, because that agent fit him beautifully. And it, it was, he's more of a boutique type of agent, but Great guy, great program. And he's proven time and time again that he was the perfect agent for for us.
0: I love that you're saying this um, because it's such an educational process um, Mm -hmm. for parents to find the right agent that can take care of our kids' needs, right? And in my opinion, an agent is someone who can educate the family on what's best for the player and not necessarily best for him or her and the agency. So it's good that you were able to maneuver through all this and filter through all this and say, okay, this person is able to handle Jackson's needs and his requirements. Because at the end of the day, it's about the player. And a lot of people don't make it about the player. So for me, I love this. And this is what I want people to hear the process, what we as parents should be going through when, putting people in our circle and inviting people in and saying, okay, you are now team Jackson and team Jackson was about what we want and not about what you want. And when
1: you find mm-hmm. that
0: right person, I mean, not much can go wrong in my opinion anyway. So.
1: You're you're a hundred percent right. It, and it is. And it, the agent does work with it. I mean, they check in with us all the time and uh, still, and they were instrumental in the whole, whole drafting process and then continue to be Jackson has now will now have had three different head coaches in three years in his pro career and so it's important to have that that agent that has enough clout to get in those offices and hear because they and they well we've we've worked them because they go in okay what are you looking at for Jackson you know and they speak on Jackson's behalf, but also to find out what, what are they looking for in Jackson? What do they want him to do? And not every agent's going to get in the door. Not every agent gets in the door and not every athlete needs an agent to speak on their behalf, but with Jackson being as young as he is and with him having less experience than most, it was critical that we get the right agent that has clout in all these organizations that can go in and speak on his behalf. And it's, it, it's been a blessing.
0: Absolutely. And you don't want an agent that needs the player to get into the door, right? You, know what I mean? mm-hmm. <laughs> you want somebody right. who knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? I'm like, wait, my son can get you an appointment. Whoa, hold on a second. It's like, thank you. We'll call yeah. you. Actually, we won't.
1: <laughs> no, we will not.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was quick to say bye. Oh, yeah. I, I, did, I couldn't care less. So, so yeah. let's talk about Jackson's uh, draft preparation, starting from the combine and then how uh, how you as a family prepared for actually draft day.
1: That is such a good question because my husband had gone through the draft process in the NFL, which is actually a lot different than the NBA for many reasons. Um, you know, Jackson was was selected by the Hawks, but the Pelicans already had that pick in the NFL. That's completely different. Like they they get all the contracts signed, so it would have been the Pelicans picking him that draft night. And we wouldn't have all these pictures of Jackson with the the Hawks hat on, which is is fine and. Um, but it just, that part, I never made sense to me cause I wasn't used to it and I'm sure there's a rhyme and a reason, but, um, anyway, so the prep was, was really crazy to us because Jackson's high school, which is Archbishop Moeller high school. It's a very prestigious high school, um, nationally known for its sports. Um, they have. Quite a few NFL players, former NFL players or currently NFL players. They have a lot of players in the um, professional baseball. Uh, anyway, the play professional baseball. But Jackson's the only. Oh, the MLB? Um, yes, thank oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was like, it just froze. But anyway, Jackson is the only. Um, NBA player that's ever gone through that school, and their basketball program is very successful there. So this was a new experience for everybody. There, the high school coach has been there for over thirty years, but you know nobody really knew that's where we we were really reliant on Coach Smart, who was Jackson's college coach, and our agents, which was very nice. Um, and um, yeah, so our preparation, we. I thought I'd get to spend a lot more time with Jackson, but he was going from event to event. We were going as parents going to, you know, I'm trying to soak in all the knowledge I can, cause that's just who I am. But, um, you know, and he has three younger siblings who are all there and, um, you know, we had to really, I think the, the most fun was trying to pick who his guests would be because, um, he has a lot of people who've done a lot of great things for him. And it was, yeah, it was very hard to pick. Um, the blessing was you only get a certain amount of tickets for your, your table and our family filled them all up. So we didn't hurt anybody's feelings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I'm just talking about it. You're not coming.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Um, So tell me about the emotions, though, that night when now you hear his name called 8th. And yes, he was called by the Atlanta Hawks. But I think it was said prior to that there was a possible trade. um, Yes, it was known. Yes. Right. But still, I mean, what was that like when when you know what I mean? You're like oh my God, wait, I know him. That's my kid. (laughs) He's on the stage wearing the wrong hat, but it doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and I'm a very private person. So my circle is, is quite small, but this is some insight as to, you, you never know who's around and who hears and who all this stuff. So we were on the bus heading to the facility and I obviously knew who was working him out and who was interested in him and who was really interested in who was kind of, you know, all of this. And um, there was, there was, there was a, a bunch of them that came in and they were like, you know what? It was the draft environment. And they wanted to work him out. They wanted him to fly to their city to work him out, which obviously that would be in his best interest. But I'm like, you know, if there's any way that y'all could come here, I don't want him to miss his experience. I mean, he's here. There are lots of meetings he needs to be in. I mean, obviously, him tra- training for you is very important, but the weather got bad. And so the planes couldn't get out. So he couldn't leave to go train anywhere. But I had in my mind this team that, that um, yeah, I knew the teams that wanted them. So we we're on the bus. And that's when we had heard that the Pelicans had gotten the pick from the Atlanta Hawks and I was like hmm. and so putting all this to, together but there were a few picks in front of him that would had also worked him out so I remember sitting there you're you're in there in the seats for, for a while and of course the, I had to go to the bathroom like when do you go <laughs> right so there was one team I knew wasn't going to pick him and so I kind of ran off to the bathroom then, but I didn't know exactly who was going to pick. I'm still, we're sitting at the table, have no idea. And Coach Smart had told me, he's like, Christy, um, when you see all the cameras come to your table, right? That's when you know you're the next pick. And so like I had that in my mind and then it's the seventh or eighth pick and all the cameras come to our table. And I'm, I remember looking around going, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to like figure this out. Like, is this it? Is it it? And um, then when they said Jackson Hayes, like my heart drops into my feet and only for his sake, because he, we did vision boards when they were younger and his vision board, he wanted to play in the NFL or the NBA. And, you know, a lot of times you'd be like, okay, let you play me, you know, let's put something else up there. But I I never wanted to crash anybody's dream. I don't mind a plan B, but I'm not going to say, okay, that's not going to happen. So let's put something more realistic up there. Never, never did that. So he's been thinking about this for a long time. And so to see them achieve that, oh, my heart went right to my toes. And I was just, and then he got up and he did a fancy handshake with his sister and, um, which he said, he's not inviting her next time because everybody thought it was his girlfriend and he was repulsed. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so she, uh, they had their handshake. He kissed his dad. And I remember thinking, come on, I a hug. I'm falling apart here. Give me a hug. I'm so happy. So he did, came over and then he went upstairs. It just was a proud parent moment.
0: Oh, yeah. So now... Let's move to his NBA debut. Were you there? And if so, what was that game like for you?
1: So, no, I was not there. (laughs) (laughs) We've we've always supported our kids, um, gone to all their things. But the problem at this point is I had my daughter uh, was a senior in high school. I had Two other kids that needed us and needed all of this stuff. So unfortunately, we couldn't. But you know, it takes a village. So um, one of my very very dearest friends, Sandy, who has since passed away, um, went to the summer league game, and so she got to see. The, and I consider that their first NBA experience. But she, her and her husband and daughter went and supported him, talked to him after. So we've tried to manipulate. So we have people at places for him if we can't be there. But um, yeah. So, and that's, that's when he, another funny story, that's when he had his big monster dunk and that's when he became on highlight reels and all of this stuff. And um, it was funny because You know, he's with Zion, who's a number one pick. And initially my whole, and still I'm like, this is great for Jackson because he does not like attention on him. He doesn't like interviews, you know, he'll do them. And he's gotten so good at doing them. But I thought this is a perfect scenario because Zion will take all the pressure off of him as far as media and all that. And so after his dunk, Zion's like, okay, now you're going to get attacked at the hotel. Everybody's going to come after you after that dunk. And Jackson's like, nah, it'll still be about you. And they got off the bus and Jackson walked right into the (laughs) hotel and everyone's like, (laughs) and Jackson loved it. He loved it. So, um, so yeah, so we weren't there, but we, we, I feel like we kind of lived it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can't be there at every single game. Um, So yeah, sometimes we have to live vicariously through you know, all the things that we hear, whether it be a friend, Mm -hmm. sister, mother, father, our son or daughter themselves, you know what I mean? We can only
1: and
0: but you know what, for me, every moment is still cherishable and whether we're there or not, it's still everything to us as parents, right? Right. So your son became an NBA player and you became an NBA mom. So what changes in both of your lives, if anything, Um, did you have to make to accommodate your new role?
1: That is an interesting question. And I will say being so far away and, and I really would have, I mean, if we could have ideally because he was so young, I wish we could have up and, and moved with him. So he would at least have a support system there. Um, I think he's had to grow up and mature a lot faster than most kids his age because we were not there. So, you know, there were benefits of it too. But, um, you know, my life has not changed at at all to anyone on the outside. You know, Um, where it has, my role has changed is, you know, he was 19 and in the NBA. And so when I told him, okay, this spending money on video games is getting a little ridiculous. He doesn't want to listen to me because that insults him trying to mature. And it's not what he wants to hear and all of that. And he and I would get knocked down dragouts. I'm like, you are wasting money. It, I mean, knock down, knock down dragouts. And I remember we had a wonderful mother of a player who played for the Bulls come and talk to us at the draft. And she said, yeah, we fought, but, you know, I just kind of realized that first year, I'm going to have to let him spend, get it out of his system, and then we'll find tune things. And I said, girl, I am not letting him waste that money. But year after, I'm like, okay, I, I can't just put my foot down and count to three <laughs> and send him to his room. So, yeah, so that's probably the hardest change in my role is I, you know, I will tell him quite honestly and, and quite often, you robbed me of three college years. I still should be parenting you. And so you've got to give me a break. you got to let me parent. Just say, yes, ma'am. If nothing else, just look at me and say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Which he doesn't. Yeah. What's wrong with that, right?
0: I love your answer. You know, <laughs> It's not often that I ask this question to moms, but you're the first that said, My role changed when I can no longer give my kid a timeout. So <laughs> 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 I love that. And it's true because now they're mature. And we're mm-hmm. like, Wait, what? Like, I still want to tell you what to do and boss you around, especially now. Like, mm-hmm. this is what my job is. And my son used to tell me, I'm a grown man, mom. I'm like, Who cares? Like, <laughs>
1: I'm still your mom. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. We used to get into those battles all the time, but now I'm like, oh, you know, I got to let them kind of kind of do their own thing because he was right. He's a grown man. He's mm-hmm. got to make his own decisions, right? So I'm always saying, you yeah. do go do your grown man thing. I'll just wait and just, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm here.
1: So... <laughs> and that's good. And that's what they, they need and that's what they're looking for, you know? My daughter got got very upset with me. She goes, if I had done that, you would have. And I'm like, yes, I would have because I still have you know, the parenting role for you. But this is how I always look at it. I'm not going to ruin my relationship with my son because he doesn't need me. I mean, he needs his mom. He always needs his mom. But Jackson always needs his mom. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, he could walk away. He could. And I'm not willing to lose a relationship with a child over anything that we faced at this point. So it's like I said to her, you've got to realize in relationships, it's very important to know where you're at in these relationships and what you need in these relationships. And I said, right now, I have spent 19 years of planting seeds in this child. My husband and I have been planting seeds for 19 years. If I stop watering completely, there are a lot of weeds out here ready to just pounce and they're gonna take it over. And we're never gonna get those seeds to develop. So yeah, I'm taking a step back and I might maybe planting or I'm not in a role to plant as much as I always have. But I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep watering come hell or high water. I'm gonna keep plant or I'm gonna keep watering and keep watering until my last breath. I love that. So you're
0: always gonna be the gardener,
1: but you'll mm-hmm. only <laughs>
0: You only plant when you have to. Mm-hmm. Can't ask for a better gardener than that, right? <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yes, yeah, true.
0: You know, I always say, like, whether our kids are broke, whether our kids are millionaires, it doesn't change our role as as the parent, as mom. So to mm-hmm. me, you know what I mean? Jackson's always going to be to you, Jackson. He's your son. It doesn't make a difference what he does. He's still mm-hmm. your son. So yeah, it's and I just love that with, with parents, you know what I mean? Whether it's like, we're just going to nurture you forever, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. So see ya. You
1: know what I mean? Like <laughs> they'll, they'll never have more life experience than we have at that current moment. As long as I'm breathing, I will always have more life experience than them.
0: Yes. I tell my son all the time, I have 20 years more experience than you. And he always laughs at that. He, Your 20 years were boring, mom. <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah <laughs> I'll re- right I'll remember that yeah note to self. so <laughs> so how have the pelicans organization the fans the players embraced you your family Jackson like the whole the whole Hayes clan
1: well there's different segments so the the organization has been wonderful to all of us um you know I I I <laughs> Told you briefly earlier about a time on Mother's Day when they were giving my son's father all the credit for his athleticism. I'm like, I called and I said, I called the Pelicans. organization. It's Mother's Day and I'm the basketball player. What's it going to take to get a little credit? <laughs> and they were on it. I mean, I tell you, unfortunately, I was watching the National Syndicate and version of that because I didn't have the option since it was nationally syndicated. I couldn't watch the well, our local guys who I love, but they call, they thought I was watching them. So they call AD and Joel and they're like, Hey, you're leaving mom out and it's mother's day. And I mean, they picked it up and gave me all, and all kinds of credit, but I couldn't, I couldn't watch it at, at that live point. But so the Pelicans has been great for our family. They've been great for Jackson and they really support Jackson Um, you know the fans are so busy with Zion which is is very good for for Jackson who just that that all that attention especially since he never really had it till you know after his junior year he just had he's not used to it it's still a little uncomfortable so you know I mean he loved all the people that he's run into or worked with have been great there so that part that part's good we we go there but then as far as, as us, other than the organization and my son, I go to games and you don't you'll never know that I am his mom because we I mean, I may wear his jersey, but so are hundreds of other people. Right. So um, people don't really know that I'm his mom, so they don't really say or do anything, which is nice. In fact, his high school program, when when they played the um, I think it was it must have been the Pacers. Which is two hours from our home. His high school had a deal with the na- with all of our neighbors and our church. All like got a, a bunch of tickets. The Pacers were great organizing all this, and they all went and supported him at this game. He had like seven, eight hundred fans just at that game. That the Pacers helped, you know, make sure there were enough tickets for him and all this stuff. And what was so funny is there was there were molar his high school people behind us. Now it wasn't. And again, I tell you, I'm a very private person for the most part. Um, these people were behind us and it was a mother and her sons and their families. And they're all sitting there. And the whole time you, you, you'll hear them, you know, and they're supporting Jackson, which is wonderful. But then all of a sudden you hear one of them from behind goes, you know, I bet his mother is here somewhere. She's got to be here somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, She's right in front of you. I mean, but I didn't say anything. I just let it go. (laughs) So I like to be incognito. (laughs)
0: And I would have been looking for his mother
1: too with them. I would have been like, where, where,
0: (laughs) where? Where is she? Yes. I would have done that the whole game. Do you know her name? Where? Where? Oh, yeah. I would have been helping them look for you. Yes. And And I would have
1: helped them too, except for I just kept quiet and watched the game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) as a real mom right you know what I mean? right
0: <laughs> you know it's funny you say that because um cam one game i went to when he was playing you and lv and someone thought i was his girlfriend and he was mortified so it just made me think about what you were saying with jackson said he's never inviting his sister again because
1: <laughs> yes well what a blessing for you i i cannot say that i got mistaken for the girlfriend <laughs> well, he was like ew that was the first time oh, I said, like, yeah. did you just eel me? Yeah, I,
0: w- I was mortified. So The whole day I was like, did he just, I couldn't believe he ewed me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's all I cared about. <laughs> Ew. We, we we did have, we went to the mall and somebody was selling beauty product or something. So they said to him, do you want to take a sample for your girlfriend? And he was like, oh, that's my mom. And I'm like, dude, the, the only reason they said that is because they're trying to sell beauty product. They know I'm your mother. That's not. But yeah, so he'll introduce me as his mom all the time now.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. He's 19. They can't use that strategy <laughs> on a kid.
1: Like, really? <laughs> That's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, I'm that sure was they that was are planning. <laughs> 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 so
0: as a mother of professional basketball player, have you had a chance to speak and get to know other Pelican moms? And if so... Mm-hmm what are some of the similarities about your journeys um, to getting your kids to pros? Did you notice?
1: Well, it's interesting because just a few, maybe a few weeks ago, you entered um, interviewed uh, John um, Franklin Jackson's mom. And he was a Pelican Jackson's was it rookie year? Or second, the, the second year of COVID has me messed up, but and everybody thought, they would mix Jackson and Frank up and I mean, totally different in height and build, but the hair, I think through them, I don't know. But um, so I was interested cause I know I had never met her. And so I, I very much enjoyed that podcast as well to get to know her. And I, and I'm sitting here going, Oh, I wish I had met her, but I didn't make it to very many games there, which is part of it. I have met Zion's family several times, um, same class and, and all of that. And they live um, somewhere close. (laughs) So anyway, so they're at a lot of the games. And so I did, I did have the, the fortune of, of getting to know them. Um, So Michael Porter from the Denver Nuggets, his mother play basketball at Iowa when my husband played football, Iowa. So they've known each other for years and his mom's sister. So basically Michael's aunt was a bridesmaid in my wedding. So she's a great source for me. So I do talk to a lot of moms. I talk to, well, not a lot, but I talk to Lisa Porter a lot, get great advice from her. You also had, um, Uh, limited from uh, Darius's mom, Baisley from the Thunder and Darius and Jackson were both right here in Cincinnati from Cincinnati, two different high schools, but right here in Cincinnati. So I got to meet and I've, I have spoken at different events with her, with Mrs. Baisley. And so she's a resource I can go to. She's authored some books as you know. And so I have just enough people that I can go to and talk to. But Jalene, I I wish after watching your podcast, I had the chance to meet her because what a lovely woman.
0: You know what? I I feel so blessed that I get to um, speak to other mothers other than the woman that I meet in person. And Mm -hmm. I love, I love this platform because I too will be learning forever about, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, the world of basketball. So I'm just so happy that, you know what I mean, like I get to meet, like I'm learning so much from you. I've learned so much from Lenita. I've learned so much, you know what I mean, from all the mothers that I speak to. I'm always like, oh, that is so different or that is so beautiful. And to me, everything I learn is just a blessing. Knowledge is power. And okay. any chance I get to meet a mom, to me, is just everything because our stories our stories are just wonderful and learning about our kids this is when we're like oh wait my son or daughter did the same thing or they did a little differently and and sometimes after some episodes i will speak to my son and i'm like did you know that this player so-and-so and and they did this and this and that And he's like yeah yeah or sometimes he's like no i didn't know so and then that's a conversation piece Need for right. us because it's right. important to understand other people's journeys and how they got to, you know what I mean, to to becoming a professional um, basketball player just like him. Like when we were having those conversations. So to me, I just love, love, love. Um, I'm learning from other mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been said that Jackson was a late bloomer who became a force on the court, a rim protector, and above the rim finisher. As a coach mom, what other attributes do you notice about your son's game?
1: So that is interesting. What, one thing that people wouldn't know is he is like a coach's dream. He Because he does exactly what they ask him to do. And, you know, it sometimes frustrates me because I know he can do more. And I'm like, but, you know, like even in high school, I'm like, He would set screens at the front of the, at the top of the three point range. And I'm like, Jackson, roll after you set the screen, you're six inches taller than anybody you play. He's like, that's not the offense. And I said, Jackson, you must misunderstand the offense because I don't know anybody that wouldn't want you posting up in the paint. Mom, that is not the offense. I said, okay. Didn't say another word about it. And like, now, so he'll do exactly what the coach tells you. He will stick to that plan drives me crazy. Cause at times I've seen him, you know, I'll see him at the short corner and I'm like, die, die, so he almost needs permission to do more, but he can shoot threes. I mean, like nobody would ever know that this year, I think he shot a few, but people think all he can do is dunk. And Hey, if you can do that as well as he can, you should be doing that. But he, he, Right. I mean, like, but he can do so much more too. He he's, he's a great three point shooter. Um, he's a great, and I know you said this with the rim protection, but he, he is really, I think one of the fastest centers in the NBA. And if I were coaching him, I would tell him, and I do, even though I'm not coaching him run, like use that as your strength. I mean, I don't care if that's not the offense, If you get a wide open layup, there's not a coach in America that's going to be upset. And if you are the first one down the court, there's not a coach that's going to be upset. Sprint because a, you're young. (laughs) Wear them out. Two, that's the easiest basket, uncontested down the court, and you don't have to worry about an offense. You don't have to. You know, one of my first college games. This is a true story. One of my very first college (laughs) games. Our coaches at halftime yelling at us. I mean, screaming at us and pointing out players that are doing things wrong. And I sat back. I'm like, she's not yell at me. I got 20 points. And it's only halftime. And I'm a freshman, right? And all of a sudden, a highlight marker gets thrown right at me. And she's like, and Christy, how can I leave you in the game when you don't even know the offense? I'm like, why do I need the offense? I'm not scoring. I don't need an offense, right? So I've never understood like why you wouldn't score if you can. But I think being a coach, it's also very good that you have a player that will follow you and your instructions good for teams. I think he's a great teammate. Uh definitely, though. The things that you pointed out are his forte that people see, rim protection, and points above the rim. Those are those are. Those are true. And he's proven those. Um, I would love to see him shoot more because he's capable. And that only extends his game. And, you know, as a center that doesn't shoot threes when he's out there to catch the ball in the offense, they're all sagging in on Zion. So I keep telling him, I said, you know what, or Steven Adams, I said, you get that shot. You shoot that shot. It's helping your teammates. You know, it's helping you dive, even though that's not, you dive when Zion gets the ball. Then when everybody collapsed on him, uh, he wants to pass. He doesn't want to try to rough it up there every time. Um, it's hard on his body, too. So just like those, those things he's capable of, he just needs permission.
0: You know, it's funny you say that because sometimes we look at our kids and we're like, we know you can do better. Or, you know, we know you can do more. Mm-hmm. But then they get stuck in this, nope my role is to do this i was told that this is what i have to do and i used to think but when i used to tell you to do stuff you know what i mean you never used to listen so how come all of a sudden now you're all ears and you want to do everything that you're told you know what i mean and i used to have this conversation Mm -hmm. with my son all the time and i said i'm not coaching you you know what i mean you're you're being coached by whomever however how come you're not doing this, 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 whatever. And you know what I mean? And it was always, no, mm-hmm. that's not what we're supposed to do. That's not what I'm told to do. That's not what I'm... And I'm like, okay. But then as a parent, you figure, well, my son's role is being diminished. You know what I mean? Or, or their capabilities mm-hmm. are being diminished. Because they're not going to be on the same team forever. And the meanwhile, every single game, we know that they can do a whole list of things from A to Z, but yet they have to stop at C because... Mm-hmm. For this particular team, this is all they want. This is all they they need. But then it sucks because you look from D to Z. Other teams might want it, and they think that he's incapable. So that Big just ball. drives me nuts. And <laughs> for years, oh. I'm like, do it. And I remember talking to my son once, and I said, What are they gonna do? Bench you? They're gonna bench you anyway. Who cares? And he said,
1: yeah, I'll never forget that conversation. I'm like, who cares? And he was like, okay. yeah, I want, I want that little recording of what you just said. And I want to throw it all over social media to all the people who ridicule our children. And by the way, they all have parents <laughs> and, you know, they all have people around them that care and are hurt by the negative things that these people will say about your child. So I want to take a clip of what you just said, how They do sometimes have roles and they're only supposed to do this. It doesn't mean they suck. It doesn't mean they can't shoot a three. It just means they're playing their role because that's what they've been taught. And people don't, people, average people that aren't in the thick of this don't understand and they don't know that they don't understand. And then diarrhea of the mouth.
0: I know. This is why sometimes I'm like, I got to stay off social media because I, yeah, I don't want to be that mom. I don't want to be that mom no. because I think I would go in, <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's things you can't, just like, oh, my son's employed. Shut up, Wendy. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? but like well, you said, people sad, don't know. That's a
1: sad, yeah, Wendy, that's a sad part about all this is you get all these people that are making these comments and they can say it because nobody really, it's not going to affect them, you know, it's not going to affect them anyway. I can't say anything, not just on my son, but publicly, hey, otherwise it'd be, Jonathan hates his wife and it would affect his that job that he has Jackson Hayes's mom so you've got people that don't know the truth of the situation i call this negligent speech hmm. you know and i just heard a podcast about this the other day like you know hate crimes are real and it's bad and it's awful and they're trying to do stuff legislatively to correct that but how about if we replace hate speech with negligent speech like its hate but let's let's question why are you saying this what exactly is your point and what is your evidence and you know your evidence can be possibly correct but is it relevant maybe not and the other thing is it can be partially true it can be maybe relevant but maybe you don't have enough information like you don't know the offense you don't know what the da, 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 da. so let's find legislatively and all this stuff and talk to social media about ending negligence. Listen, you got to have proof of your, your statements instead of getting all these people out here who don't get penalized by saying stuff and the people you don't see Rick Pitino, um in his off time. If there is any commenting on basketball player stuff, it's all people. The negativity comes from people that we don't know and, and who knows where their information comes from. So Anyway, there's my soapbox. (laughs) What's (laughs) what's yours, Wendy? What's your soapbox? (laughs) You
0: know what? You know what? And you're absolutely right. People will just say whatever they feel and they run with it like it's fact. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: to me, it's like bait click. So they'll just say, Jackson Hayes did this. Well, because it's something that they thought they heard or they misconstrued or whatever, or they just want to say that he did it. And then Mm -hmm. you have like, all of a sudden, they have 20K likes on that. But not likes because of what they said Jackson did. Oh, because now we're all of a sudden we're Jackson Hayes haters. For Mm -hmm. no reason. And it's crazy. And I just, hmm. and for me, sometimes I go to games and I'm like, Lord, (laughs) keep my mouth quiet. Because there's times where you just want to say the truth because it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And then you're sitting there and you're like, I can't believe I can't say the truth. Like, I'm shocked. And it irks me. So sometimes, like, eh, Wendy, just rock back and forth and get, get a drink, mm-hmm. <laughs> get yeah. some food in you, just
1: always. Right. Your... Well, and a lot of times people only want to hear information that confirms their belief. So even if you go to them, like my mother used to always say, Christy, don't fight ignorance with ignorance. They'll beat you in experience. <laughs> like, okay, I'll accept that defeat, right? But um, they're only going to listen to facts that support their ideas because they've already said it in their mind. Nobody likes to be proved wrong. So, I, I d- common sense when I'm cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, um, I, I haven't, I haven't um, had any episodes <laughs> yet. But, um, but yeah, so I try to remember that. I try to remember that because, yeah, it is what it is.
0: I feel you, mom. So. <laughs> so. If I were to ask Jackson about his life as a Pelican, what do you think he'd say?
1: What do I think he would say? That is a very good question because I think that I hope that he would see the improvements he has made on the court, but in the community. Um, in in life, but just his maturity. I hope those are the things that he would see. And I think he would see that, you know, there is a support staff around him. And I think he's probably has utilized it and that he, I I hope that he has matured to the point where um, like his father, we went, unfortunately, one of his teammates had passed away and we went back to um, the, the chief's um, facility for the funeral. And as we were walking in, my husband was, hi, Bob, hi, John. And it was like the groundskeepers, the janitors. And he, like 20 years later, remembers every one of their names. And I think that is a wonderful characteristic. And I, uh, I hope that Jackson, I'm, I'm going on a different topic here, but I hope that he learns that eventually. And I think he's starting to. So those are the things I hope he would say about his time as a Pelican. Basketball it, it has been wonderful. And it's, it's. But truthfully, it's secondary to the person he is and who, who he's becoming.
0: No, absolutely. Because they they have to grow as people. So he's growing as Jackson, the person, as well as Jackson, the athlete so mm-hmm. to balance the two, sometimes it can be difficult because at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like it, for them, it's like, I still got to be great as a person. I still got to be great as a player and it, it can be difficult. So everything we learn in life is so important. It really is. And I, and I pray that all of our boys, you know what I mean? Understand that even though it comes from us and they think we don't know what we're talking about, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So how do you feel your experience has helped um you as a family make decisions for Jackson so far in his career to date and his siblings who have um possible talents to go pro as well.
1: Yeah, so you know, it we have just we have very similar core values. Obviously our family has core values that are good, but we've never um I've never gone to talk to any of Jackson's coaches. I've never you know you hear about parents going in. Uh, when I've coached, I've had one one parent come up and, and talk to me because they weren't happy. Um, but uh, you hear about it all the time and I know it happens a lot, but we've always from day one made certain that our kids advocate for themselves. And I think because of our coaching, and because we've been in that role before, we realize the importance. I mean, you'll see kids come through and you'll coach kids that their parents have fought every fight for them. And their parents have done everything they have. They've never had a chore, they don't have self worth. You know, I have coaches because I used to coach college, as we mentioned, but I have friends that are still in there and they're like, Christy, it, it, it's unbelievable. She, the first time this kid has ever heard no is here in college because it never until no. And it's it, it, it's unfortunate that that's the thing that I I really think being a former coach and player I realized the importance of these children advocating for themselves. I one time where um, one of my kids had already talked to a coach and it it didn't um, materialize and he he wanted to go talk again but he didn't know if that would be acceptable and I said I will go with you. I will go with you but you are doing the talking. And so I went, we had the meeting, he orchestrated the meeting and all this. And this is, he's in, he's in middle school at the time and he orchestrated the meeting. He set it up. I went with him. That was probably the, the hardest part is the coach said things that were so off. And I had to bite my tongue. Cause I'm like, nope, 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 you, you are here just to listen. I mean, but like, I could have been like, <laughs> but I didn't. So might've been one of my biggest accomplishments right there, but, um, I think that that is what has helped us the most is that from our experience, we realized that these kids have got to advocate for themselves. They've got to learn to have relationships where they can communicate with their bosses. All of that stuff, I think, will help them long term. I think having as many kids as we have, we haven't been able to coddle any of them. (laughs) Um, Some think that others have been coddled more than them, but I assure you not. Um, yeah, I have a daughter that's that's in college right now, and talking to other parents, like even her friends, they're like, "Well, what did you do about this?" I said, oh, "I'm not didn't I don't know." And you know, somebody else is like, "Did you did you file FAFSA?" And I said, "Jillian did, I didn't." You know, did well did she get it? I don't know. You know, I mean, like these kids have got to they they're like got to be on their own. Let's go. You know, so I, I think that is is probably where I I would answer that question at.
0: So is there anything that you've learned from Jackson's journey that you hope to avoid in Jillian's journey?
1: As much as I say that, probably I've already, well, I know I've already learned. Probably my biggest thing that I did learn is talking about coddling. That's where I learned it. Initially, when he was younger, I probably coddled him too much because like he was not Wanting to learn his math facts. And I'm like, I'm paying for this private school and you will learn these. <laughs> and, you know, and it, you know, me getting mad did not help anything at all. And, you know, what it took was him shooting layups in her foyer to learn them. You know, I'd stay on the steps with the flashcard and he'd dribble two plus two is four. You know, so we figured it out. We figured it out. But I learned that not to that's where I learned my lesson to not coddle because I probably coddled him a little too much initially but I know there's a lot more I can't think of it because I remember calling my mother when she was still alive and I said I just want to point out I turned out remarkably well considering I know how many mistakes you make on the first firstborn
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what it's funny you say that you know what I mean it was as parents you teach your kids you know what I mean and and I'd be like, okay, Johnny had two apples and Molly had six. How many apples do you have? And he'd be like, uh, okay, hold on. Johnny had two basketballs and Molly had six, eight. And I'm like, "There's, there you
1: go. There you go. <laughs> Just change the- map. How do teachers do it? How do teachers do it? Because you've got all these different learning styles. I can do it for one kid, but how do they do it for 20, 30? Jeez. I do it for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You don't want to be that parent when the teacher calls and says, you know, your son or daughter didn't do well. And you're like, I know. Like, you don't ever want to be that parent. You're like I, I, I know.
1: <laughs> just, yeah. mm-hmm. I know.
0: <laughs> Jackson has said it was really important for you and your husband that he had a backup plan other than basketball, which resulted in his real estate license. So how did you guys... Support him that he was able just to manage getting that as well as maintain, you know, what I mean him playing basketball.
1: Right. So my husband was actually he was one of the first football players to leave early. So he he had four years, but they could all they gray shirted. I can't remember the terms they used back then or red shirted or something. He played a little bit, but he had one more year. He was supposed to play at Iowa. And he petitioned, went to court, got all this stuff going so that he could leave early before he'd actually graduated to go pro. So he got all that passed. He went pro and he came back and finished his degree. And my husband's always, now he's been a coach. He did radio and TV. So truthfully, he might've been able to do that possibly without the degree, but he's proud of the fact that he finished that. And that he had a plan B, you know, he didn't need to use it, but he, he, we've talked several times about how he had this plan B and he, he took some, um, classes, um, at the sheriff's office and, and was a, a police officer in his off seasons a couple of times. So he's heard those conversations about that. And, um, you know, we've just always plan B, you you may not ever use it, but what's the set, you know, basketball at some point is going to stop bouncing at some point. Um, You know, I probably can play well into my eighties, but you know, I'm, I'm an exception Jackson, (laughs) but he, um, so we just kept saying, you've got to, you know, just tell us what it is. Just visualize what, what is that going to look like? What would you do? And that's what he came up with. And I think it had a lot to do with people around him. Um, all of this stuff. And, you know, with him, when he left for the draft, um, I'm always about doing what's right. And, and making sure you do right to those who've done right to you and Texas was so wonderful to us. They were so wonderful. So we said right away when he said, I, I want to leave and try to go to the, the NBA. That's fine. You know, okay. I didn't even make him promise he'd go back to get his degree but my promise is you finish in, in good terms. That means, you know, you can train, but you got to train right here in Austin. You've got to do all these things, but you have got to finish this semester because if they don't Texas gets degraded for that. I mean, they, it it affects their APR rating and all that stuff. So we've always made certain that he knows he's got to do what's right and, and be prepared because, um, you never know. You never know. And the ball will stop bouncing. So he just, uh, I mean, I don't think he ever said, you're right, mom. I'm going to do that. But he did. He did.
0: (laughs) He did. That's all that matters. So
1: that's right.
0: Before we get into the fun facts, tell me, what is it like being the courtside mom to Jackson Hayes?
1: Well, I just awarded myself a picture tattoo on his thigh. (laughs) Yeah. I've always been the mom. Don't get tattoos. Everybody has tattoos. You know, nobody can be erase all of them and look like you, but you can always get tons of tattoos and look like everybody else. Um, But what do you say when he gets a tattoo of you on his leg? So, you know, I can't really fight that one. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, it. what's, what is special about being Jackson's, Mom, more than anything, is is again. I've told you it hasn't changed our lives. Um, in fact, you know, I don't walk around town in his jersey and and all of that. It, that that doesn't and that doesn't matter to me as much as when he provides meals um, to the healthcare workers and he purchased them from black-owned businesses. That is what is awesome about being jackson hayes's mom
0: what a story i love 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 your story and before we get into fun facts my fun fact is my son years ago when he was um at notre dame prep he wanted to get a tattoo and i didn't want him to get a tattoo so he calls me You don't get a tattoo i'm like "Mm, I'll, i'll let you know let me think about it he says okay and he calls me after, and he says, "Oh, I'm getting a tattoo." I'm like, "Why did you get a tattoo?" He says, "It says your name." Oh, <laughs> all of a sudden, it was the nicest tattoo he's ever had, and it's yeah, and it was huge, and it's on his chest. And his very first tattoo was my full name, and I just thought it was so funny. I'm like, "You put my government up on your chest," you know what I mean? And I was like, "Okay, we're good, we're good." And now we laugh at it all the time. He's a big Wendy Sparks, and his tattoo, and he has little ones all over the place. But I'm like, who cares? mine, make sure it's the nicest and the biggest. And he's like, okay. (laughs) So I was mad for like 18 seconds.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. My, my daughter got, my daughter got one too with my penmanship. So it says, I love you always love mom. And it's in my handwriting. I don't know even how they do that, but um, anyway, like I, I can't be mad.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait. how did she do that? I could tell you she forged all these notes. When Jillian wasn't at school one day, if it's Jillian, (laughs) she forged a note saying, yeah, I'm sick today. Oh, my daughter's sick today. Love, Christy Hayes. That's how she knows your penmanship, mom. So so let's get into (laughs) the fun facts. What was Jackson's go-to dish that you make that he must always have?
1: Easy. Cheeseburger ring which is very easy to make, not healthy, but he loves it.
0: Other than a basketball, what is one childhood item he couldn't live without? Ooh. Yeah, he didn't play it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. It it would either be a football or it would be an Xbox. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so yeah, every, yeah. All the moms, yeah, and I keep saying I'm going to change yeah. that from basketball and Xbox or PlayStation because, th- yeah, yeah, when mothers come up with answers, like, well, he had a little bear, I'm like, oh, different, yeah, because <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, we, uh, he didn't really have that blanket or the, he didn't have any of that, really. He always went to the spices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always went, like, you buy him these toys, and when he was a baby, he just pull out all the spices from the spice rack, I'm like, oh, yeah. Figures.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? When we look at the 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 game consoles, that doesn't go away as they get older. I mean, real quick, I had to laugh at my son the other day because he left to go to Greece. And I said, Are you all packed? And he's like, No, my Xbox. What? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. And he was he was serious. And yeah, it's gone off with him to Greece. So I'm like, anyway. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, when did we when do we need to come up with a video game? It will teach them, as India re says, it will teach them their ancestors' names. That's what that's what we're gonna work on next. Love
0: it, <laughs> love it. Speaking of names, did he have a nickname? And if so, what was it?
1: You know, not really. We call him Jr. It's just his initials. Um, but yeah, he didn't really have a nickname. Well, I heard his <clears throat> aunt used to call him Sideshow because of his sexy hairdo. <laughs> okay. That is true. That is true. I'm going to stay away from that, but yes. So the truth of the matter with the sideshow story is his dad used to always cut his hair and his dad was insistent that it be tight, 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 short and tight. And he never could have an Afro. He could never have anything fun. Um, cause he had to have it tight. And, um, Jackson, when he got to Texas, said, <laughs> "I'm not getting my hair cut, Ember." <laughs> so here's how sideshow comes in. My sister sent him twenty five dollars in an envelope and said, "Go cut your hair. You're starting to look like sideshow Jack or sideshow Bob." And sent him a picture of sideshow Bob. And then she she said it. She goes, "Oh my gosh, is he gonna? Do you think he'll be upset about that?" I said, "Uh, no." And so now the running joke is you should have like taken a stipend from all the, the jewelry and the shoes and everything that's side shows. So yes, that is his big, his big, big nickname. Yes.
0: I love it. I love it. So now I'm going to ask you some advice. Um, we spoke about, a little bit about this earlier, but what advice would you give to another courtside mom about how to deal with a coaching decision they don't agree with?
1: again they've got to advocate for themselves you know be polite it's not like you go in there and talk if it's not don't go in about playtime but if you are going to go in cuz you want to get on the court more then the conversation is this i really feel like i can help this team what do i need to do in your mind to get on that court so i uh, yeah but be respectful don't ever go in there thinking you're better than anybody that's not going to solve any issues
0: perfect advice What advice would you give to a player about how to deal with a tough teammate?
1: you know what? Um, I always think communication is good, but I always think positive communication is good. And so, you know, if you have a difficult teammate, it depends on the reason, but maybe you don't know them or you don't know their culture or you don't know where they come from or their background. So before you fall off the deep end, (laughs) I suggest... Take them out, get to know them and get to know them outside, you know, because I'll tell you what, I had teammates every day beating up on me day in and day out. And when you're in the same position, it's the same person a lot of times beating up and down on you. And I just would wreck my first recommendation was get to know them off the tour.
0: Absolutely. And my last question to you if you could only give one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be?
1: Find the vets. Moms and ask them any question you have because they know. You know, I mean, it's sometimes you have to learn things by asking. And I think sometimes we're just too scared to ask other people. But like, I'm sitting here during this podcast going, Wendy, why didn't I think of this? You know, I could have learned so much from so many people. Why didn't I think of this? You know, but um, I, I, you know, I sat down when they first asked me, I'm like, can I ask Wendy questions? <laughs> you know, can I interview her? Can we do another episode where I interview her? Um, because I, I just respect the advice of women who have been before. You know, it doesn't mean everything that your son has gone through, my son's going through. And it's not the same advice, the same, you know, da, 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 the same situation, but you learn from it. You know, what Jackson goes through might not be. Um, What Kim goes through, you you don't know. And the answer that might be for Jackson might not be for Kim. Let's talk. Why why did you make that decision? That would be my biggest advice is when you've got a question, ask other moms.
0: Absolutely. I would say, don't be afraid to ask, right? Because Mm -hmm. how would you know if you don't? And sometimes we don't, as parents, want to ask if we have pride. We're like, oh, if I ask that, I look so silly. I'm like, but then Mm -hmm. I won't know. So sometimes I'm like, I'd rather look silly and know look silly and don't.
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Mark Mark Twain said, I'm like quoting all these. I love quotes. So Mark Twain said, it's better to keep your mouth quiet and appear stupid than open it and remove all doubt, which is true. You don't want to say something if you don't know. However, I'm not going to be quiet and not say anything and not learn. You know, I think it's very important that you do, you ask people, but again, we talked about that negligence speech, you got to know where they're coming from, right? What's, where, what's their experience, you know, what, what where are they coming from? You know, I'm not going to go ask a a mom of a three-year-old for NBA advice, right? So um, ask the right person and get the evidence and go from there. But I, I, yeah. Ask, ask away. Absolutely.
0: And with that said, you were saying before you didn't want to plug your project. I'm just calling it a project. I don't know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. but plug away, go ahead. And for us at Courtside like Moms, we love to support all the parents and nothing but love. And I think it's important for us to always get out there and share our our wealth of knowledge. So tell us quickly what you're doing. Um I mean, you did it a little bit before, mm-hmm. but just tell us quickly what it is and how can people mm-hmm. learn more about it?
1: Well, I am so excited. So we just knew how blessed we were in the process of all of our athletes, uh, our athletic kids. And we could guide them through each step because of our backgrounds. And we realized what a blessing we have and we need to share that blessing. And so we are going to be... Um, launching a platform called vision sports portal, and that'll be open. We're hoping September 1st. And the goal of this is to talk to parents, talk to athletes, help them navigate. Okay. You know, not every, I, I was shocked. Not everybody knows that exposure camps does not mean a college coach is going to see your player, you know, Some of these AAU organizations are selling this, like, you know, we're an exposure team. And tell me exactly what coaches are sitting on the end lines. (laughs) Do they even know about it? Right. So we know what that means. And so we can help navigate and help parents, help athletes. Okay. My husband's an NFL coach, former NFL coach and player. So he, who better to ask, like, what do NFL players want to see? Who you know? Who what? What skills do I need to do? Or this, that, and the other thing? NIL is new. People don't know about NIL. Come to us. We'll we'll walk you through it. We'll have articles. We'll have webinars, master classes on all of this. But one of the big things that we really wanted to address is is mental health because it's such a huge issue right now. It's such a huge issue. And so on our platform right now, and I have um, access to many more. But right now we're going to start, I just got certified in wellness coaching. So we'll have a tag to, to get people in touch with me and and, and my company, which is um, Clutch Wellness. And um, just one-on-one sessions where we can sit here and, and talk about balancing all of, you know, it's, it's it's amazing. People think, okay, well, if I put the right food in my mouth, I'm going to lose weight, right? And because science can prove that. But there's another part of all this. If you are so unbalanced in All the other needs in social or financial or spiritual wellness, uh, any of these wellness areas, doesn't matter really what you put in your mouth, you're gonna have an imbalance and you're not gonna see the results you're looking for. Um, I had a client the other day that we were talking and they wanted to know how to lose weight. And we ended the conversation talking about a relationship because that's where the conversation went and that's where their imbalance was. So we're gonna address mental health in this platform, we're gonna address MIL finding an agent the questions asked so many kids are in this transfer portal right now and this has been a weird year with COVID and all that stuff but so many people are in this transfer portal how about we talk to these athletes what about the questions to ask I mean like recruiting trips hello it's the honeymoon phase (laughs) when you get there and the coaches starts yelling coaches yelling at you and you're not perfect anymore now you've been married a while yeah yeah (laughs) I was gonna say
0: that's the marriage. So so this portal yeah. that you're creating, this is both for football and, and basketball?
1: It's for all sports. We have the experts, the experts that are setting this up. We have three former NFL players that are going in on this. Um, college basketball players going in on this. So those are the main sports, but really recruiting is very similar across it. NIL is very similar across that. You know, the whole recruiting process. So athletes of all of all um, genres can, can log on, but yeah, our experts are there, but we also have, we're utilizing these, uh, you know, um, my husband and some of these other players to have master classes. So Chuck Long was a huge college bass or college football player, huge, huge, big name. Um, he, you know, he's already offered to come on and do a master's class, you know, so, Hey, you can, get in a class with Chuck Long or, you know, so we've got like resources that can come in and talk to these kids about technique if they want it just, it's just, it's, I hope that people will utilize this resource and just help them navigate all these very important decisions. Cause they are that they're very, you know, you go to a school that, yeah. I mean, how many times was your son told, well, you got to pick the school based off of, you know, what, jobs and what schools they have and you know all of that and the reputation would you go there if you weren't playing basketball well yeah in a realistic world that would be great but you have a bad professor you have to deal with them three days a week for a semester you have a bad coach or bad teammates you have to deal with them for four years you know so those are the questions that no and nobody tells you that like how I tell my kids this all the time you know, you want to go on this, you want to do this and that and the other thing. Here's the deal. When you are at this level with another player, right? You, you both have good qualities that you're both talent wise. You're both even all the rules apply. Like you miss practice. You're going down. You know, you get in trouble. You're going down. If you want the luxury of, you know, doing something within reason and, and not getting penalized, you better separate yourself. You better separate And nobody tells you that nobody would tell you that because it sounds bad, but the truth of the matter is, you know, you, you have a funeral and, and, you know, you have a funeral, you have a wedding to go to all, all really important things to be at, you know, but you're going to get docked if you're right here because you missed plays like when you miss practice you miss plays so that player is naturally going to go up and you're going to go down because you don't know the plays it happens but if you're so talented that they can't live without you
0: yeah well
1: that's a truth.
0: yeah that is so true so where can people is there a website yet that people i know you're hoping to launch in september but where Mm -hmm. can this information be found
1: so yes, so the information is not out there yet. Our website is being um, fine tuned right now. Um, so September first, it'll be Vision Sports Portal VSP, and um, yeah, and there'll be information on. I'm I'm launching a website in two weeks for my Clutch Wellness, so I'm sure I'll have stuff on that for for that. But yeah, so we'll we'll it'll be out there. We'll get it out there. Well, please
0: send that information over to us when it's readily available so that we can share um, with all of our fans and our friends and our families as well. It is so important that we always support each other and explain to people what the next step should be, could be through testimonies. And I think that's so important because Mm -hmm. for me as a parent, if my child were an amateur player, I would much rather go to your portal Because I know this is exactly like, you know what I mean? You're sharing your experience versus another portal where they're just saying this is what could should happen. You're saying, no, no, no. This Mm -hmm. is like we've lived it. And two totally Mm -hmm. different things. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. They just go anywhere. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't really go anywhere. So
1: no. No. And right. And because I've been in sports, like I realized my son not being in AAU till his junior year worked for him, but he's also seven feet tall and a a baby giraffe is, you know, he, he, he had all this athleticism. So that was a rare situation. Is that something I would recommend to somebody who's more than likely not going to be much taller than six, five? No, there's a different path for them. And I understand there's that difference. So even if you don't have a seven footer, I still understand the process through my coaching, through my playing years, as well as, as um, my partners in all of this. So We all have people in our group that have been through it and done it. And, you know, if I don't know something about lacrosse, I have kids that play lacrosse, but if I don't have an answer, I I am surrounded by people and contacts that I have that I can ask those questions and find the answers to.
0: Oh, for sure. Visibility is so important. Um, there's so many athletes out there. So really teaching the kids how to stand out is something that both parent and child need to learn. And I just figure that's all about their athleticism because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it takes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And Jackson is living proof where you're saying, you know what I mean? Kids from his team were cut and they were better than him. And here you have this kid where they're like, no, hold on a second. You know what I mean? So it's really about perception. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They saw a, a different potential in Jackson than everybody else than the other players. Mm-hmm. So it's always right. good to know what you're learning, pay attention and invest that time with your kids. Invest, invest, invest. So I'm excited that your platform is coming out. And yeah, once again, okay. let us know when it does come out so that we could um, share it with, everybody that we possibly can. I'm so excited, Christy, that we spent so much time together. So thank you, Christy, so much for coming on Courtside Moms. I really appreciate your time and hanging out with me um, and teaching us about the Hayes family and how they raise successful children and... You too, as your yourself as, as a successful mom and your husband as an NFL player and you as a basketball coach and all that good stuff. So thank you so much for sharing all that. We look so forward to learning more about you through your platform in the future. So please don't forget to... Give us all that information so that we can share it to everybody.
1: I will. And Wendy, thank you so much, not only for having me. Um, this was so much fun to chit-chat with you and, and all of that and share stories. But also thank you for doing this for all the moms. I mean, this is such a great and informative platform. I really appreciate that.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you you <laughs>